Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taku Dog, joined by legendary professor Jet Force Gemini. Hey, buddy, how was your holiday? It was great. I ate a lot of food, I watched the hot dog eating contest, and then we popped fireworks. I've never done two of those things. Really? Yeah. Okay, I gotta ask now, which one was it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of them was eating a lot of food, so that, that's that's the one that I've definitely done. I was like, you haven't popped fireworks? No, no, they're super illegal here. Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're illegal here too, but, you know, America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like people don't still set them off here. It's just, it's not been a thing for me, at least. That's fair. I can, I can respect that, so. Well, if you're new around here, welcome. We are a Pokemon Go PvP-focused podcast. While, although we primarily wrapped up the Self Arena factions, they are unfortunately shutting down, so we are going to be talking about PvP in general. If you're not new around here, please see the first intro as we continue to mull over what is going on and trying to steer this the ship of a podcast. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, as long as the game is still going, we'll have stuff to talk about. So that's, that's nice. This is true. And actually, we do have some news from the Self Arena. Continental invites were sent out on the July the 9th. A day after this podcast was is, is recording, excuse me, and I found out that I got an invite. Yeah, by the time you listen to this podcast, the the championships will already be happening. Don't ask me where. I know it'll be on Twitch somewhere. And for the North American parts, it'll start at 11 a.m. Central Time. I suck with time zones, so do your best to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, just just stay consistent with yours, and we'll be good. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm very happy, or I'm excited, to participate in Continentals, but the meta has been released for about two weeks now, and I thought I wasn't getting an invite, so I did not have to worry about it. Now I have to scramble to put a team together. Are, are you stressing, or are you just going to meme it? I don't know yet. A part of me knows that I stand a decent enough chance. Another part of me knows that I stand absolutely no chance. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've I've said it a few times just through the season, but you've you've done well in in Sylph this round, especially where it's and it's it's not been because you've been in small pools of of players. You've you've been showing up to like the the Thunderdome or the Oklahoma City tournaments where a lot of a lot of strong players were going, and you were you were doing well consistently. So definitely don't don't treat it like you haven't earned it. <laughs> Well, I, I do appreciate it. I'm not going to say I don't earn it, but I guess like for me, I'm just not used to performing this well. This is going to sound like a really big humble brag, but my strength lies in administration, which I'm happy doing. When it comes to the battling, I let, you know, I let the team kind of, what's the word? <laughs> I let the team kind of share the spotlight and I'll just work behind the scenes. But now I'm, I'm thrust into the spotlight representing our team in the in the continent and the final continentals and hopefully we do well enough well if you if you had to not so humble brag like what what do you think went a little different this this self season compared to others there are less players <laughs> no but but in all seriousness i think that i took some more time 
to kind of team build around what I like the core I wanted to bring and then I built obviously like to me it sounds like elementary but a lot I know there are some players that are like what Pokemon do I use I found a core that I liked I built my team around it and then when I went into the battles I would set up I would set up my core for success which obviously it's kind of the straightforward thing to win battles but your plan whenever it makes contact with the enemy hardly ever fails to to follow through <clears throat> so did you make your team weak to certain things so you'd get to play your favorites more or, or can you just like talk a little bit more about that team building aspect yeah sure so there there's another podcast that i listen to it is the pvp corner segment on the GoCast podcast where fish and DeFi do a really good kind of really good breakdown a little bit and fish will say things like i'll use innocent come for example he said on the podcast like swallow is going to be really really good so oh and sea king's also going to be really really good so you might want to put like set your teams up for success on that and i really wanted to build a triple legacy sea king so i did and i had i could have built a swallow as well but once i was putting it together i really like to run zapdos so I picked Zapdos over Swallow. They kind of did the same thing. Swallow just hits harder, surprisingly. <laughs> well, it's yeah, it's, it's just the, the Brave Bird thing, right? And yeah. you're actually making me want to check. I feel like they probably have similar overall the bulk. True. However, Zapdos can yeah, kind of hit. They're almost exactly the same. Sorry. Okay. No worries. I was going to say, with Zapdos, I kind of liked... I like the consistency with Drill Peck and Thunderbolt. Versus with Swallow, it's you have to land the Brave Bird. But I also like with Swallow, like if you land the Brave Bird, you do at minimum 60% damage to the entire field. Please don't quote me on that because I could be, there could be like an outlier. Like, oh, what about super bulky ultra wall over here? Well, I had I had the Zapdos pulled up, and it does over 70% to that. So I guess the only other one, well, one of the others that you'd see often is like a Mulga. Yeah, it does 63. But so yeah, with, with the Innocent Cup, I, I used it on there. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to bring out Flygon for any cups this season. But as a, as a Flygon enthusiast, I definitely will want to bring it out at some point. And I think it's just kind of like, if you know what core you want to bring... Like, this kind of also works with Open Great League. If you know what you, your team is, like, really good to play against and how you built it, all you really need to do is practice with it, and the wins will kind of just follow their way. Obviously, some players are going to run outside-the-box stuff, and you're going to, you have to adapt to it. And how well you adapt to it is kind of the makings of a good battler, a taco battler, and a great <laughs> battler. <laughs> I, I personally gonna... subscribe to the deciding ahead of time the things that I don't want to lose to. <laughs> and and so, like, making sure I'm strong against that first. And then, like, if if I then find a few things that are that are tricky or whatever, I, at least I've already decided ahead of time, like, the ones that I absolutely don't want to lose to. Right, right. Although it did also kind of surprise me because the way that, you know, the self arena had said for the Continental Invites, they were only going to invite like the top 100 players in each region. I'm ranked outside the top 100 in the United States, and I'm ranked 500, yeah, about 500 something in the world. So I was very, no, I'm ranked, I think 277. 
I'm gonna fact check myself now. Oh, that's loading. But like, I'm not ranked too high if I'm like honestly thinking about it because here it is. Okay, so I'm, I'm ranked 293 in the world, 61 in the United States. So I think that I thought I was just outside of it, so I wasn't really planning on taking part of it. But I guess with like cascades and rank recalts, I was just able to skirt in. <clears throat> well, if, and if you think of like the region of North America, I think I mean you you did kind of jokingly say there are less people uh, in in the earlier earlier segment, but I, I think that is some benefit when there there definitely aren't as many Canadian players this time. I'm, I'm not sure what all they count as part of North America, so maybe also Mexico. Yeah, because then the question becomes: Do you count like Mexico as North America or Latin America? Uh, me personally, I would count Mexico as North America because it's right there. But I know yeah. a lot of other players would, or players, a lot of organizations would put Mexico in the Latin America because everybody south of Mexico speaks primarily Spanish, except Brazil. I know y'all speak Portuguese. It's still a Latin best based language. <laughs> Anyways, yes, <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be fun to just cover your run alongside the other uh, self wrap up stuff. Right, I'm yeah. It's gonna be a, a good a good great week. I know the team was kind of saying run this meme team, and I go I don't think I'm gonna do that. <laughs> uh, it may it may show up, but on the other side of that, we also have. Uh, a new Pokemon that's being announced, and I... Oh, wait, no, it, it's our Continental's already be done by then. A new uh, Community Day was announced, or the information on it. The Poliwag information has been released to us finally. And Poliwrath is a water fighting type, and it's getting counter. The quote-unquote best move in the game. About dang time. <laughs> right? And Politoed is getting Ice Beam which would make it... I think it'll be a bit of an upgrade from if you wanted to run, like, a Blizzard outside of running Blizzard. It, but it, everybody... It's just tough, like, adding another, like, legacy move to Politoed. Yeah, because, well, it's, there's Mudshot, and then I think it's the other legacy move, Earthquake. Mudshot is, is not legacy, but, yeah, Earthquake. Okay. I've never run a Politoed with Blizzard, so I don't know how hmm. the mashups fare. But maybe I should build. You another... kind of lean into just how heavy hitting Blizzard is. Like on on paper, just having the opportunity to use your coverage nuke more often should be nice. But maybe like with the with the shadow bonus, like it will be. But I've, I haven't looked into it a lot yet. But I know that for a lot of those, it's kind of more about just you have to play around the shields and land the big move no matter what. So right, but I, I'm excited to see what these two Pokemon will do to the meta. I think Poliwhirl, or Poliwrath, excuse me, will play a bigger part. Obviously, you're still going to lose to your Metacham, and I don't think Counter really gives it enough oomph to beat Charizard, or Wing Attack Charizard, unless like you land the, the Scald debuff. No, you're, you're gaining less energy off of the Counters. Okay. So, back in, back in the Ember... We, we knew all about that matchup. Yes, we did. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just about solidifying Polyrath as an actual fighting type so that 
that's kind of a, a new niche for it. And I'm, I'm actually going to be surprised if we don't see it pop up at Worlds. Right. But the question would be is, with, you know, the premier fighting type user is Metacham. And so far, the only answer we've seen for Metacham is Shadow Charizard. Are we really going to see Polyrath or Legacy Polyrath at Worlds? Who knows? I think it'd be fun. Oh, I, like I said, I wouldn't doubt it. Like the person that does well with it could end up like taking the whole thing. I just don't see how Polyrath would fit in on a team if you already like as a quote unquote upgrade or side grade to Medicham. But no, it's 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 not competing with with Medicham that way. It's 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 more of a point of diversity. I, I would call it where players will be more prepared for the Medicham. Oh, so okay. it's, it's it's just it's just enough of it's got enough tools that I feel like it can monkey wrench a little bit. Okay, like there's I... there's still situations where you definitely prefer Metacham, but especially when Reggie Steel is is much more the preferred Steel type these days compared to the Galarian Stunfisk. Like I, I I see the the arguments against it, but I still think it especially with a little bit of fast move pressure added will hopefully bring a little bit of, of a change to this setup. Okay. I kind of see what you're, where you're going on that one. And actually, no, I was going to talk about Dugong for a second, but Metacham resists Dugong with that fighting type, so it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Or I guess you're double resisting like Ice Shard and Icy Wind if you bring Polyrath into that matchup with Counter? It is only single resist because water resists fighting doesn't really yes sir today i learned okay <laughs> i will i will say i've i've appreciated all the little like tidbits that you're picking up now that you started streaming on palatown just because <laughs> you have you have more people in your ear <laughs> to be like when when you talk about like i think it was cmp was the last one i was there for where it was just like Buffs and debuffs don't affect CMP. You know, honestly, this whole time I thought it did. Like when I when that happened and like they point that out, I go, "Are you serious? Like really?" And everyone in the chat just goes, "Yes, yes, 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 yes." I was like, "Well, shoot, today I learned." Yeah, well, and there there are just so many tidbits that are much easier to pick up as soon as you have other people that are knowledgeable enough to let you let you know when something is working correctly or not like yeah the 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 cmp stuff recently has been pretty awful but that's (laughs) like that that can be a that can be an end of podcast discussion (laughs) that's fair maybe it's good you actually know that that could be the early salsa bar taco learned what cmp was (laughs) but yeah actually we'll kind of jump ahead or jumping ahead uh, I did. I have started streaming on the Palatown PvP server or the Twitch channel. So, if y'all want to watch me, uh, you know, do be Taco on stream and find lose cons when he has no business losing. <laughs> come watch and heckle. Heckling is okay. Just don't be like super toxic about it. Like Jet with like, you know, you could psycho boost, right? No. Never <laughs> some, some of that too is tough just because there's so much delay between the youtube chat input and when you actually see it 
Well, yeah, I I see it. And I just go, nope, not psycho boosting. Like for me, I'm just afraid to debuff myself. Like if I'm locked in, but if my switch timer's up or getting close to up, yeah, by all means, let's debuff. Yeah, well, and and like you said when you were running it, like you had literally just built the the DD, so it is it is a little bit of a mental block, like getting around the the debuff aspect. Yeah, and then when you guys go, oh yeah, CMP does debuffs don't affect CMP. I go, okay, let's just throw psycho boost until we win. <laughs> and it's a it's a legitimate strategy sometimes. I did win a game on stream on that, so I was happy about that. So. <laughs> But, you know, that that's kind of been the, the wrap-up these last two weeks that I've kind of been doing and the news have been doing. So, so you're, you're enjoying it so far? Is, is that accurate? Oh, I am 100% enjoying streaming. I was just too scared to jump in to begin with. <laughs> like, and full stop. here we are. We, went podca- we have Podcast Taco, we have Streamer Taco, and now, like, we're just adding to accolades at this point. I don't, I don't like... To- I don't want to keep doing that, but actually, I do have some good some good news, and this we is like, like from my good locals. news. So we got so the the tournament official from our local for our local play Pokemon is uh, came out with a the last league challenge of the season in July, and like I put all the information up there. Like so many people in our in like my local Discord got really interested in it, and I think because like you only need four people to fire the tournament off. Or for it to count for ranking, hmm. so that that's the biggest like news for me at least. But just the fact that like you've got five TCG players that like to play Pokemon Go, and now from the count of the people that are in- super interested in it, there's six. We might actually start like a group, a hardcore group for this, and, and to me, it's just super exciting. Yeah, I mean, like uh, obviously, I don't know how they treat the time lead, like the. <laughs> right now when like you can't really accrue points or anything right because like world is already set true just just like building the community itself is nice but obviously when there's incentive it's easier to do (laughs) yeah the the participation or if you quote unquote top cut you get you get some tcg prize packs and if you win you get you know more prize packs and so to me, it's like, oh, I can start collecting these Pokemon cards, and I don't have to spend too much money because if I just win these Go challenges, this is how it starts. Once again, alluding back to when I was in Milwaukee, <laughs> they gave me one Pokemon card and a championship mat, and now I want to collect Pokemon cards. So dangerous. It's a slippery slope. Thankfully, I've been, I've been very self-controlling and have not done that yet. <laughs> There's there's a lot of it that I feel glad that I'm far enough away from it now that it's like not as tempting as it was when I was younger. <laughs> I was like I I loved the um, the era like the first three sets that they had in the Game Boy game like for me that was that was that was it that was the let's let's make this function. And it's just so different. It's like, eh, they can they can keep them. But see, now I'm gonna ask you, Jet, if you completed if you competed at these Go challenges, and were given you know these prize packs, would that kind of rekindle like I want more prize packs? Because you can 100% free to play the TCG. You won't be good, but you can <laughs> 100% free to play it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that, but. 
my buddy Irod gave me a pack when we did the San Diego Regional, and that was just kind of fun. I like the I like the whole memento aspect of it. Yeah, that's why I'm scared to open my packs. <laughs> I have, but I was then given... you don't know what the memento is. Look, I have I got one pack for competing. I got another pack for top cutting, and then I got two packs for winning. Like. Stop it. <laughs> it so- sounds like we need a uh, pack opening stream. You know, honestly, I think I might do that in the Palatown PvP corner the next time I I stream. Not yeah. Saturday, because I'm going to be extremely burnt out from battling. <laughs> but or maybe maybe that's the perfect thing for Saturday. How am I... I'm going to open one pack every 30 minutes and talk about why it looks cool. Yeah, well, and okay. it's, it's just like a nice like break activity, right? Like... Sometimes it can be tough to not just battle through and then you're done in an hour or whatever. True. Okay, you've, you've, uh, what's the word? You have convinced me. But Great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but the, the second part of that news is the tournament organizer has also, uh, has also gotten uh, permission to have a cup, a cup here. So, like, we'll have, the, we'll have season not just the local challenges but we'll also have cups concurrent like throughout the month and i'm just like so what you're saying is if you can accrue enough points you could definitely get an invite to worlds this way right but i got ahead of myself and he goes the guy goes i don't know yet because nothing has been set in stone for next season mm-hmm. well and as far as i know like the local points only get you to your international right for it was for this season but based on some chatter that I have been told is nobody knows mm. what is going to happen next season. Gotcha. Because there's apparently been rumblings that the regionals will switch from double Elim to Swiss, like the the rest of the freaking, <laughs> the rest of the tournament, or the, the VGC oh, you, you and mean, Yeah, you mean for Go specifically? Yeah. Uh, the local tournaments ru- all run Swiss. And so when you when you think about it, it's like so there's rumblings that might go to Swiss or it might say double Elim. We're not entirely sure yet, but I hope it switches to Swiss. It is it is more fun and like I, I just I get it as far as the technological limitations that they were facing this first round, but also yeah, like getting your money's worth, at least like getting to play a little bit more would be nice. <laughs> yeah. And even with like <laughs> I'll use Milwaukee as an example. There was 80 people when it was all said and done. That is enough for six rounds. Yeah, six rounds, and it's all said and done. And then at NAIC, with the cap being at 256, I believe that's eight rounds total. 256 to the eighth route. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Or, you know, like, (laughs) just based on our track record, I'm sure they'll make an announcement after one of our podcasts is recorded. (laughs) Well... More information for Worlds will be announced, or for the next season will be announced during Worlds, or like at the end of Worlds. So we can make projections now in July, and then when they get announced, we can link back to this episode and say, look, we got this prediction right. We got this one wrong. Taco did taco things, and he was way wrong. It would would just be nice for it all to be uh, easier to figure out. Let's let's, let's say it that way. That's true. It, it feels like a lot of, especially this season, you, you had to be in the know to like take advantage of, of certain stuff where it was, it's, it's all felt very like closed beta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but you know, Pokemon Go has brought a lot of has made a lot of progress kind of going back to 2019 when they had it as a as an invitational they invited eight trainers to now last season we crowned a world champion and now this season we're 120 or i think it's 124 people are going to vie for the title of world's best not also counting the last chance qualifiers that may or may not happen in japan so who knows what next season is going to bring honestly i am i'm excited i can't wait i want it to be september already i have my my travel plans booked i've got tickets ready like let's let's go (laughs) but i do have to pump the brakes a little bit because we do have to talk about naic that happened while we were on vacation it was it was fun to have a bunch of friendlies playing in it also which was like it's it's always nice when you have like a bunch of people to root for. Yep, of course we had to shout out Zimmy Kid who went to NAIC and we were just ha- and he posted a bunch of pictures after the fact and I was like, dude, I really want to go now. Like I, even if it's just a spectate, I want to go. Uh and despite the fact that there were technical issues on day 1 where they just did all of winners on day 1 and then all of losers on day 2, and then they moved to the, they did championship uh, the final battle on Sunday. The the staff out there really handled uh, from what I was seeing on Twitter. They handled it really really well. And the the team or the Pokemon that was really surprising to me was Shadow Charizard. What was what was surprising about it? I was surprised that it was on so many teams and it was performing so well. Like, yeah, well, after it won a few regionals, I feel like the secret's out. Well, I know it won. I think it was it won EUIC. It won a regional. I think it won Turin, the Torino or the Turin regional. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, this the Shadow Charizard looks like it could do a lot of work. And then of course we see Altaria also, you know, being used a lot more in usage. And then I think it was like in the top eight. I think seven of the top eight players had Shadow Charizard. And to me, it was like this was a Pokemon I had not expected like at all to do well or to like be used this much yeah and i guess yeah that's the big change is just how it has ended up on as many teams as it did after it was more of just kind of a one-off for the winners of those other events where it was just like it managed it was it was piloted to a few victories but it wasn't like it was showing up in mass and and this is the other side of that right is a lot of recognition of how strong it is yeah and that's that's kind of why like to me it's just really really amazing to use or to see that because i'm thinking to myself like well a pokemon a good a good hard counter to shadow charizard is jellicent and everybody's looking for like that ghost user that isn't sableye and honestly jellicent just walls shadow charizard across the board and that's that's kind of the the curiosity going into worlds is are we going to see some of those shifted <laughs> pokemon show up again like like your credilly jellicent combo or uh the dugongs you, you you let me cook with jellicent and credilly i got something i just got to refine that team a little bit more <laughs> but honestly honestly though like just shat like i'll try to keep my my praise for shadow charizard to like keep it down to earth because it was it was just to me it was so surprising that it just 
I'm not gonna say it came out of nowhere. Like it had won some one-offs, and I was like, okay, well, we everybody's gonna know how to play around like Shadow Charizard. There's no way that this Pokemon can, you know, bend the meta to its will, and then it goes and does just that. So, I was a little disappointed we didn't see more Alolan Sand Slashes, to be quite honest. But it, yeah, it's that's there. it's one of those matchups though that is made strange by the mechanics of Pokemon Go, right? Where in any of the main games, like Charizard just wouldn't even blink twice at the low and sand slash, but just because of how this game works, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's actually actually not terrible. This is true. and But, you know, before we go any further to talking about, like, people that we were rooting for, we do have to say Wadage is the 20... 2023 NAIC champion beating Rise to Occasion. Uh, the the funny part was that because in the top, because in, in NAIC the top four, I believe, get regional invites, but because... World invites. Yeah, sorry, world invites. The, the top, a lot of the top eight had already, or top four had already secured their invites. It cascaded so now we saw Mountain Dugong and Lyle Jeffs also get world's invites, and I believe they placed fifth and sixth respectively. I could be wrong. Well, it makes sense when the finalists both already won regionals, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like they were they were already in. And so like to me, I was you know, I was gonna say I was Zimmy's number one fan. I was pulling for them no matter what. And then of course Lyle Jeffs was also in there. Uh, we were rooting for him. I did not know he was from Canada. Oh, yeah. Insert Canadian joke here about Taco never being able to beat Canadian players here. Got it. But, <laughs> but in all seriousness, I've never been able to beat a player from Canada. Like, that's just my kryptonite. <laughs> are you sure? Do you just, like, did maybe a Canadian slip through the cracks? Like, are you card checking every, every battle? <laughs> well, when we played, like, when I switched to remote self tournaments... Every time, like, in the, in the tournaments I would play, I would say, like, hey, I'm Central Time, I'm from Iowa. We would put, like, hey, I'm from Iowa, I'm Central Time, this and that. And every person I lost to, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm from Toronto, I'm from Vancouver, this is my time. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> why do I keep losing? Killed him with kindness. <laughs> but it's okay. I, I, have, I don't have any animosity towards the, the people who live in America's hat. Or who are America's hat. Yep. <laughs> I have no animosity towards them, but congrats again to everybody that participated at NAIC. Definitely, definitely have have something someone to root for it at Worlds. Now we just have like a weird month of no play events. <laughs> well there's still like I said, there's still the local challenges, like the go challenges. And I'm gonna say or I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat back on for a second. And say that aside from winning prize packs and boosting community, the points that you use, if you, I guess, if you hit a certain threshold, you can use those points for like as a springboard into the next season. Quick disclaimer this is Taco's tinfoil hat section. It may happen or it may not happen. But if it does not happen. We never had this discussion. Yes, exactly. But if it does happen, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think once you know Go has been more established in Play Pokemon, you can use the the points as like you know war like last minute worlds invites because I think that's how it works with the VGC and TCG players. I'll ask them 
a little bit more when that happens. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's more established though, just as as part of how that's worked for a while. <laughs> so well, I was gonna I, say oh, I wouldn't on. make any I wouldn't make any analogies until next season, maybe when it looks like things are going to be more level across the board. That's fair, but didn't don't VGC and TCG still have nationals? Uh, the only nationals I'm familiar with for the video game and trading card game are for places that otherwise don't have regionals. Like, uh. it just takes the place of that. Like, especially the infamous ones this season where it was all kind of the the Asian ones that are run by um, oh. <laughs> Pokemon Company. That, That's fair. Uh, people are kind of upset about <laughs> um, i mean with good reason let's let's be real here yeah well and and maybe like the the dream i think for for most people in those situations is just that pokemon company international takes them over at some point because it really feels like the people running those events don't care really which feels bad fair the, the only reason why I bring that up is because if I remember correctly, and I probably don't, <laughs> when I started following like the VGC part for Pokemon, I remember there being like a US Nationals that would happen like two weeks before Worlds or three weeks before Worlds, like at the end of July, early August, and then like Worlds would happen. And it was like, if you won Nationals, you got an automatic invite to Worlds and second place and like top eight got points to help secure world's invites that's what i was thinking but th- how you put it as like maybe if they the region isn't big enough to host a like if the area isn't big enough to host regionals and so we just have you know a nationals and then a world that also makes sense so i was trying to allude to like maybe if there's like a ne- like pokemon go goes to nationals like at vgc or tcg if they go completely points based but once again, this is just Taco speculating. Well, I don't, I don't know the history super well, but as far as like the the points based stuff, like you you are correct. Like the the video game for sure uses the point system, and I just I just don't think that Go has that yet. Like I know via Zimmy that there was the point system for getting your in your uh, travel award to the international but i don't i don't think there's any kind of cumulative focus it's it's really just you have to place well enough in the regional or inter- international events to get the world's invite gotcha okay so we are now a play pokemon podcast i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah exactly I, I know this play pokemon segment's gone a little bit longer before we kind of dive dive into you know king of the hill coverage and world's coverage but But you know there really won't be anything to talk about for a month so (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get all of our play pokemon well actually i'll still talk about play pokemon because uh like i said our our reach or our regional our local challenge is july 25th so the the first the first week in august i'll be talking about it a little bit well, and any clarification you get, obviously, is, is valuable going going forward. But one thing I do want to say before we move on is if you have any feedback and if you went to like a Play Pokemon event this season, there is a link 
that I should link because I, but I keep forgetting because I'm a terrible person. There is a link in that I'll put in the show notes without fail this time where you can submit your feedback and He'll definitely be there. <laughs> <laughs> where you can submit your feedback and you know you basically help help the sport. Yeah, it's sport now. Help the sport grow and bring you know Pokemon Go from a quote unquote niche community to just like to the masses. And and part of that is also just connecting with the local infrastructure that exists for the other formats and saying, hey, it'd be great if we could add Go to what's happening already. Yeah, I I de- like I I did a search and I co- I cold called somebody cuz the when you look for a, if you go on the event page or if you look for like local events in your area, they will give you the email, the phone number and the name of the person that you can talk to. And like I just emailed the guy or like our organizers like, hey, so I see you're a professor, you're doing TCG, do you have Go open? And he goes, no, but you know, we have a lot of, we have some TCG people that are interested in it. Do you play Pokemon Go? And I said, yeah, actually I play Pokemon Go. And I didn't tell him competitively, but I said, yeah, I play a lot of Pokemon Go. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I helped organize tournaments with the Sylph Arena when they were when they were in operation from 2018 to 2023 and i just listed off a whole bunch of stuff and i said i've got a pvp community that you know after sylph shuts down we're going to be looking to move this would you be open to hosting uh, a tournament he's like yeah absolutely let's do it and so now like i'm not like the quote-unquote professors but i'm like the guy that like the town crier that's what it is and i go here ye, here ye. there's a tournament happening here at this location at this time and then of course i will smack talk a little bit and i'll be like hey if you show up top four the first four people that come i will personally hand you community ambassador cards because my local community is part of the community ambassador program and like at this point i think that with the amount of energy and effort that's being put in to like to my local community if it fails i think it'll be my fault (laughs) well and i mean that's the that's the tricky bit right is is it kind of requires both succeed like obviously there's the the format crossover is is not super easy and there's there's still a lot of people who have never played in person so that that's also it's just like a pretty big cultural dynamic to overcome yeah but i i was happy that i or my local community had the infrastructure set up and we had a judge that uh, actually had run TCG tournaments and stuff beforehand, and I was so happy because I didn't want to start from the ground up at my locals. <laughs> it, it is nice, though, that at least this season you've been going out of your way to support the, the in-person events, so you, you do have those people who are showing up already, and just giving them a new venue is not as difficult as, as trying to also, like, find people in the first place right the unfortunate part is the biggest hurdle is they have the currently we have them during the week on a tuesday night but when the cup starts that'll be on a sunday so i'm interested i'm cautiously optimistic to see how well this goes because we have to share with on sundays the the gaming store has to share with Yu-Gi-Oh. that could be fun it will be i have a lot of friends that also play Yu-Gi-Oh, so i'll you know but okay, Jet, do you have any final thoughts on Play Pokemon before we jump into King of the Hill and Worlds? 
I, I do hope that it becomes easier to find out information and that it can be what Sylph kind of started out as, where it was it was like a community building thing and obviously it takes people like yourself kind of showing up for the businesses i guess is it, kind of what it is really right like the 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 hosts that have have already kind of said that they they want to be the place that people show up to so it's 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 a it's a little complicated i just wish it was more visible and I, yeah i just I, I hope it's fun and can fill at least part of the niche that we're we're losing here right but we do you know i'm not going to open the can of worms on this episode we'll save that for the next episode Zy- project zygarden or zygarden as they've rebranded yeah I'm no longer no longer a project yeah i'm wondering how that's going to fit into this ecosystem yeah but we'll definitely be using it for the team-based pvp parts not so sure about the custom metas yet. It might spread my attention razor thin, and I'm not gonna. I will definitely like be a nervous wreck when that's over. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, and as as far as like custom metas go, like that's that's also kind of a a big question going into next season with the with the play events, right? Like, is it just gonna still be open league? <laughs> that it could uh, could easily be a thing that gets shifted around with within the season like they do for the VGC. Right. Regulation D. Gosh, that's going to be so scary. To the, my VGC players listening, good luck. Yep. Have, have, have fun out there. Alright, so let's dive into King of the Hill. We've got two weeks to catch up on. Yeah, what, what happened about four or five? Alright, so bouts four and five, we had... Rock, Paper, Slark making it all the way to the Sweet 16. They unfortunately lost to Stadium Elite Silver. Cool Cats have continued their, you know, chugging along. They had they had a hiccup against Sky Dragons Gaming, but were able to pull off a 10 to 11 win. We had Backstage Battlers losing in the round of 32, sadly. Uh, Evan Stonks lost to Texas PvP. SoCal Swalu Gold has advanced all the way to the Elite Eight. And their reward is they get to play Texas PvP. <laughs> Unfortunately, Sky Dragons Academy, the Academy team to Sky Dragons Gaming, also lost to Eat Pasta Squida. I probably upset a bunch of Italian people by mispronouncing that name, but it happens. Hey, I do appreciate that one of the pasta teams has made it. <laughs> True. And then last but not least, we have to give a special shout out to the Hidden Powers, the team that knocked us out all the way back in round two. They are in the Elite Eight, and they were taken to 11 to 10 for the second time in bout four against Lucky Mucks. But Lucky Mucks is a North American Diamond team. So with Diamond on Diamond violence, it kind of builds up our reputation a little bit as the Diamond Slayers. I feel like we could have we could have won if we fought Lucky Mucks. <laughs> I mean, if you say so, I, I, I believe you. Uh, but just as, as far as like shouting out a couple more teams like uh, Canadian Shield on and what I've learned is fighting ferrets. Like a few friends on those teams that got knocked out in bout four. Aw. Actually, I do want to point out that 
in bout four, Hidden Powers fought a diamond team, and in bout five, they fought another diamond team. So had we still been in this tournament, we would still we'd be fighting all diamond teams. Yeah, they got they got that uh, that high buckle for sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And that sets us up nicely in bout six. We have four. We have four North American teams still in it. We have Bronze Tier, Stadium Elite Silver, Emerald Tier, Cool Cats. Is SoCal Swablu Gold Tier? SoCal Swablu Gold is Diamond. So we have a North American Diamond, and then Texas PvP, the North America, also Diamond, it looks like. Yeah. The unfortunate is a, part... Is that just a rematch, then? I think so. The unfortunate part is we have, like, half... Unfortunately, half of the... Yeah, that was their very last out. Interesting. That's going to be a good rematch. And then, of course, we have to shout out Blue Marlins. I wonder where Blue Marlins are from. Latin America and APAC versus two EMEA teams. So I think when this is all said and done, North America, a North America conference team has a chance to be the king of the hill. Unless Hidden Powers take the whole thing. Come on, Stadium Elite Silver, you got this. they They would have a much better chance if they, like, weren't doing North America violence in yeah. six. Like, immediately shooting themselves in the, well, shooting our region in the foot, just taking out half of themselves. Well, that's the prize for success, isn't it? Like, obviously there was a lot of North America teams, and once again, I I promise I didn't mean to choose violence on this episode, or two episodes in a row. You would think the, the vacation would have, like, calmed me down, but we had a lot of North America teams do like sign up. We had a lot of North America teams do well enough to advance past round three or up to round three. The unfortunate part is with there wasn't enough like APAC, EMA, and Latin America teams proportional proportion to North America that this is how it unfortunately gets set up where you have North America's teams from top to bottom that you know, their reward is they get to fight and or upset higher tier teams. Insert notorious knocked owl joke here that beat <laughs> that beat a, a North America gold tier team. Well, and I guess the other way to look at it is it guarantees that there will be two North American teams in the top four. All right, so I'm going to kick this one off to you. Which oh, team... man. <laughs> Which team do you want to cover from either bouts four or bout five? Um, I feel like it's always more fun to like look at the close ones. Um, okay. We we like obviously we could still cover the the hidden powers eleven ten if we aren't done talking about them. But um, the stadium elite silver haunters red also another eleven ten and then cool cats with sky dragons. I think if you sky- have, if you have a, if you have a preference between those three, uh, we haven't really talked about stadium elite silver on king of the hill yet so i will throw my vote that way okay is that the one you want to just follow to <laughs> sure like i, I okay. was good with any of those oh okay all right so jumping straight into the great league we have oh goodness i can't even pronounce that top name <laughs> we have e4 x joeo pocket hold on first i gotta see where this team is from latin america okay nope can't even still can't pronounce it. f4 Joa Poquet. This is probably yep. the first Spanish name I butcher. <laughs> versus yeah, we, versus Desynced. I will pronounce it as Pocket for here for the rest of this part. Pocket E4 brought, Pocket. E4 Pocket. 
brought Altaria, Alolan Ninetales, Galvantula, Surfetch, shout out to Zimmy, Shadow Gliscor, and Vigoroth into D-Sinks, Shadow Venusaur, Shadow Alolan Sandslash, Shadow Ninetales, Noctowl, Defense Form Deoxys, and Tapu Fini. So right off the bat, that Tapu Fini is really well, really good into Altaria and Surfetch and the Shadow Gliscor. It would have a trickier matchup with Surfetch if it had Leaf Blade. It's it's in a decent spot though, right? Like the Altaria is is not like comfortable, but at least against most of the team, like yeah, the, that Feeny is sitting real pretty. Right. And so I definitely think that Feeny had to have been brought and you really could have neutralized, say, Galvantula and Surfetch really with that shadow Alola, with that shadow Ninetales. I was gonna say Lol Ninetales for a second, but no. Because if you had Ember on it, you you torch Galvantula and a little Ninetales. And if you want, or if you put Fire Spin on it, you could build up to the Psy Shock to get rid of the Surfetch quicker. I don't know if it's ever worth it to throw a Psy Shock. Like I, have, I feel like the the Weather Ball would be enough most of the time. Oh, okay. I'm not entirely sure about. It. Like I like running Psy Shock just for like that surprise. Because they're like, oh, you're going to throw a weather ball because you're not at an overheat. And then you throw the Psyshock and it just is like, oh, well, now I'm down a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, and, and that can definitely work sometimes, especially depending on what you're up against, where if they're assuming you're just going to be triple fire like, and they know you're not at overheat, like, yeah, until they actually see your moveset, that it is a pretty fair, they'll, they'll take it if they can. That's fair. And then especially, like, I think it would give you a little, like, the way I'm looking at it is if you wanted to put coverage on it, you could also, you know, fight back a little bit more against the Gliscor because you would resist the fire moves. Sorry, what? Gliscor resists Ninetales fire moves being part ground. It sure doesn't. It really doesn't? No. Or is it just because it's glassy? Wait, fire... Wait, fire ground does not resist fire? It does not. Since when? Since always. Well, if you'll excuse me, I have some apology letters to write. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's one of those that because like especially because for a long time like ground and rock were just so often paired that that's one of those that can just live rent free in your brain if you don't know specifically that that's not how it works. Oh my goodness! I have to unlearn so much stuff. Yeah, Ugh. this is this is like half of the reason why I like our conversations is just because <laughs> we get to we get to dig up some of those. Welcome to the ther- to welcome to Enter the Dragoner's Dead, where we talk about tacos repressed Pokemon memories. <laughs> oh repressed my goodness! Pokemoning. You know, I'll, okay, so quick quick aside i do want to say maybe or also i think i also became a little bit of a better battler because we've been having these talks and like i'm learning i can use what like i learned here on the podcast in my team in my fights oh for sure but anyway back to the battle at hand i definitely want to say that tapu fini and Ninetales were the mvps of this matchup and then defense form deoxys because rock slide is looking really really good on that on e4's first three months yeah and the the nice thing for e4 at very least is the the double counter makes it pretty scary to bring the alolan sand slash 
or at least you you have some quality punishes if you if you get it lined up correctly. Yeah, and I think that was the case to give E4's first point or one point in the match. But I think on paper D-Sync had the advantage going out into round or into game one. Yeah, the 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 Feeny is, is kind of a monster here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on into the Ultra League where the the turn the deal score was flipped. That's the word. We had Tadeo 1912 going up against our friend Jonathan Kelly. Tadeo brings Shadow Drapion, Charizard, Kofagrigus, Samurott, Shadow Gliscor, and Altered Form Garatina into Jonathan Kelly's Pidgeot, Tentacruel, Gliscor, Lantern, Registeel, and Virizion. So we have two wing attack users and two wing attack users. Lantern has two good matchups in Charizard and Drapion. I I want to say I don't see a place for that Tentacruel to come out unless like unless you're just locked in against Shadow Charizard. Yeah, it's definitely fine against the regular Charizard and Samurott can't hit it. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of in a weird place. Especially when you have Lantern that does both of those jobs better. Right. Do you think Water Gun Lantern was the play here? Because, like, that Registeel with the usual Zap Cannon and Focus Blast, I really don't see a reason to put Spark Lantern on. Uh, I don't know how the matchup goes, like, against Samurott if you're not running Spark. Um... Obviously, both versions are bad into Giratina, and Wargun probably helps a little bit into the Gliscor, but I don't know. I, I feel like I would want to throw more charge moves, personally. Okay. I'm looking up the matchup real quick, just to... Yeah, Lantern, it's no contest. Lantern wins the Wargun matchup, even when they go straight Megahorn. Hmm. Uh, hold on. Is this assuming you bait with a Thunderbolt? I don't like that. Yeah, it's assuming you bait with a Thunderbolt. In general... Oh, actually, no, it's the other way around. Like, if you go straight Hydro Cannon and they go straight Surf, you're obviously going to win. But if you shield the Megahorn and they don't shield the Thunderbolt, you you then win. All right, lesson learned. <laughs> Back to the match at hand. I don't... Yeah, well, see... and, yeah maybe, maybe Lantern's just thick enough for Ultra that it doesn't matter, but... I also don't see a place where this Verizion come out safely except for Samurott. But then it yeah, makes it's, it's it's kind of a, a sitting duck. Yeah, well, and now that now that we've talked about Tentacruel and Verizion, it's <laughs> it's the roster is looking a little thin and that always makes it easier to take advantage of, right? Yeah. Today you definitely had the upper hand on this one out of the get-go. So, that th- those are my my final thoughts that I want to talk about on that one. You got anything else to add? No, I, I like it. And Ultra, man. Oh. Doing, the, doing Ultra <laughs> stuff. We had uh, Micha, Micha Niantic versus LV Pips. Niantic brings Garatina Origin Form, Therian Landorus, Kyogre, Gyarados, Togekiss, and Mega Obama Snow into Mega Salamence, Garatina Origin Form, Verizian, Goldengo, Excadrill, and Florges. That Mega Obamasnow is looking really, really, really good. And Togekiss. Which feels like a weird thing to say when it's sad against Double Steel. I Yeah, that was... But, you know, with there being Double Steel, there's there's that Therian Landorus, you know, just chilling over there. 
which I know you resist the superpower and Stone Edge on Goldengo, but I think Goldengo and Pokemon Go is just really, really attack-weighted. Like, it's glassier. Yeah, it's, it's mostly taking advantage of that typing. But yeah, you, I mean, you could throw the neutral Kyogre into it. I think Kyogre wins against Goldengo. Kyogre is just a monster, though. Kyogre is so bulky. Yeah, Mega, Mega Bomb Snow can't hit it neutrally, but how does how do the stats actually look? The answer is yes. <laughs> oh, they put Gimme Ghoul on here, but they don't put... Actually, no, I just probably can't spell Goldango. Goldango. Yeah, G-H. Oh, there it is. Uh, yeah, Kyogre comfortably, emphasis on comfortably, wins just by going straight surf. Hmm. Yeah, it just walls it across the board. Like the only way Goldango wins is by using two shields. Goldango has a pretty easy match into Mega Abomasnow, and and this is one of those where it's it's actually worth it to look up stats because the oh like the stat total for Mega Abomasnow is lower than Goldango. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, Goldango where the the bulk is about the same, but then Goldango has ten more attack. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're getting out of there on CMP. It's just, it's one of the things that I'm glad we don't usually have to know as well for Pokemon Go. Like, <laughs> what the actual, like, upper limit is for some of these things. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> Until you get to Master League, obviously. That's 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 where the, the stats matter. Yeah, and when it comes to Master League, uh, our resident expert Master League specialists with <laughs> Danny, Lord Oman, and Jack... They definitely know a lot more than us when it comes to that. I think. It has been it has been fun to like play it a bit more now that I actually have some stuff built though. I need to build more stuff, but I just hit a million Stardust today. I'm not going back under. Hey, you you can build two Pokemon. Tune in next week for when Taco goes back to zero Stardust. But back to this matchup at hand. Now on paper, I I did say Mega Bombs and Togius look really really good. It's a Mega Salivance. Garatina Orange Form and Virizion. However, Virizion can fight, is looking really good on paper against Kyogre, Gyarados, and shoot, I actually don't know the Mega Obama Snow Virizion matchup if it does Leaf Blade and Sacred, Sacred Sword. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as you limit the meta a little bit, like some of these get weird. Oh, no, it doesn't beat Mega Obama Snow. Too spammy. Yep. No, you can go straight Weather Ball and just absolutely shred this thing all right so i'm gonna re- go back on my last comment so on this one niantic <laughs> niantic definitely had the upper hand against lv pips i'm sorry to say i like i like the double water option also like if you're gonna run something like a mega bomba snow yeah i would not expect it to be a good core to use around it but it, it, they made it work well and we we've, we've seen a decent number of dragons and ground types popping up and i feel like even into the neutral matchups like mega bomba snow not not that bad but then <laughs> on top of the double water like they're also rocking quad fighting resist like if anyone is crazy enough to bring a fighter so i, I just i like the i like the construction there of, of trying to make sure that the bomba snow is actually protected yeah, and speaking of the quad fighting resist, there's one fighting type on Pip's side, which is that Verizian, but... Uh, right. Well, I mean, Goldango can learn Focus Blast, too, so... Mm-hmm. But when you give it, make it rain, oh, 
you watch that Goldango. You watch yourself. That is, yeah. There, there are a few signature moves. I'm glad that we don't have to deal with yet, and that is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Wait till Sparkling Aria hits the field. But but yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll like just like in the, the Ultra League slot, like I, as as heavily as there was a lean to some of these matchups, like they they still could, took games, which is super impressive. Like they, oh, they found. They found win cons, and that that is always worth calling out. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the fields. We haven't done that in a while. <laughs> so, in the first field, in the Ragnar field, slot one, we had Tom Gonzaga F versus and uh, Lucio. Lucio. And Lucio. Can't pronounce Spanish names. Can't pronounce English names. So Tom. You're doing great. <laughs> so Tom brings Azumarill, Dugong, Ariados, S Cavalier, Trash Cloak, Warbadam, Mantine, Galarian Reasoning, and Mew into Lucio's Galarian Weezing, Dugong, Azumarill, Greenit, Miltank, S Cavalier, Trash Cloak, Warbadam, and Chrysalia. Lucio banned S Cavalier and Mew, where Tom banned Weezing and S Cavalier, which is very surprising because that Trash Cloak, Warbadam looks like it would have had a field day on Lucio's side. The Wormadam and Miltank core. The dreaded Wormadam and Miltank core. And, yeah, and Greedon again. Yep. That little squirrel has been the bane of our existence for a while. But I do like I do like the banning of Mew because, well, Shadow Claw can definitely hurt Chrysalia. Wild Charge could hurt the, the water types. And if you want it to be spicy, you could put Flame Charge or, like, yeah, Flame Charge and Wild Charge if that Mew hit the field, would have been very, very dicey. Well, and unless you've got a bunch of dedicated answers for it, like, it just takes so much of the what-if away because that moveset can literally be so many different things. Like, yeah. I I will I will never mind a, a Mew ban. Like, just makes it so much easier to plan around. Oh, 100%. Now, the, the SCAV ban, I also... Like, Lucio did really, really well with their bans. Like, the counter on the SCAV is gonna just shred through this team and if it's a drill run well Galarian Weezing's not hitting the field if it's Megahorn Chrysalia's not really gonna hit the field and Galarian Weezing's still gonna be hurt yeah but and I, I, feel, I feel like most of the Ragnars that we've looked at that Escav just gets banned like <laughs> I, I'm looking I'm looking now just at the one underneath and I think that's the first time I've seen it not get banned on both teams so that's, that's kind of that's kind of fun ah but yeah in this case we had I'm a little, I'm kind of questioning Tom's bands a little bit. Like the SCAF, you know, I can understand. However, the team itself, like Tom's team on paper, looks like it can handle SCAV a little bit better than Lucio's side. But that, like Galarian Weezing, I'm not too sold on it. I feel like they probably should have banned Trash Cloak Warmadam, to be quite frank. Yeah, if they, they really had a big worry, I, like, yeah, I, I would, I would lean the. Get rid of both steel bugs. Yeah, yeah, because now you're you're just free to run Wormadam, Green and Miltank, which is it's just so tough to deal with. And honestly, you don't even have to shield because all those Pokemon. Well, I guess Miltank's probably the classiest of those three, and it's just it's such a wall to try to break through. Like, golly. Yeah. Well, course, and, and now that they're like with the with the Scavalier Mew bands, they're 
the normal types are looking at literally zero super effective damage from the other team. Yeah. So it's, it's just, okay, well, you can run double normal every game. And if you want to rotate the third, like, you can. But like you said, the Wormadam, you, you're fine. Yeah, like, Ariados. Ariados is going to take super effective damage. Galarian Weezing is a poison fairy, right? Yep. Okay, so yeah, that's going to take super effective damage. Azumarill being part fairy is going to take neutral damage from their Iron Head. Dugong is going to take neutral damage. Mantine will take resisted damage. Just from, from the both. charge moves, yeah. Yeah. And then that just leaves, you know, Trash Cloak Warriordam to beat up each other upside the head with Steel Iron Head. Like, ugh. Yeah, everyone everyone loves the uh, the mirror matches, right? Yeah, it's as riveting as Umbreon on Umbreon v Umbreon. I, I think you called it though. Like this this was one that was made much more difficult by the bands. Where if the Steel Bugs get banned on N Lucio's side, like maybe it gets a little trickier. Like obviously the normals are still free, but uh, at very least you don't also have to play around the Wormadam as much. Oh, 100%. But yeah, so I think this battle, or this matchup itself was won. It was won in the bands, and Ed Lucio was able to pull away from using their Trash Cloak Wormadam to the advantage. And, I mean, like, final thought, like, I'm, I'm going to say I am impressed Tom won a game. Like, <laughs> again, the, <laughs> the fact that, like, we, we've been able to harp, like, how bad this looks, and it's this is still like these are all two ones. Like there were there were there were literally no sweeps throughout this entire series. So yeah, it, it like impressive. Like these these are great players, obviously. Yeah, King of the Hill definitely brings out, and this will probably get some hate. King of the Hill definitely brings out the best, like the best out of all the trainers. Sometimes a little bit more the world's competitors, because the King of the Hill players actually set their lineups and don't need staff corrections. Sorry, what? <laughs> That's called foreshadowing. I mean, I would I would feel better about that comment if there weren't still teams in bout three of King of the Hill that weren't setting lineups. I know. It took three weeks, but they finally got their, the King of the Hill guide stuff together. <laughs> yeah, we fi- finally got rid of those teams that stopped setting lineups. <laughs> <laughs> right. But okay, let's move on to the second Ragnar field. We had Carlos Westling going up against Frankie T52. Now... Carlos brings Venusaur, Dragonair, Ariados, Frostlass, Gross, Chrysalia, Lev- Levani, Escavalier, and Greedent. Wow, Levani. Interesting. Yeah. It's a Frankie's Mew, Greedent, Galissapod, Swampert, Trash Cloak, Wormadam, Escavalier, Chrysalia, and Dugong. I'm, I'm very happy that they banned the Trash Cloak, Wormadam because that Carlos's team's looking super glassy. Why would you ban the Swampert, though, if you have a Levani on the other side? And two counters to it, though. Were you afraid of the earthquake damage? Actually, three counters because Chrysalis can look grass knot. Yeah, that one. The the swamper ban is a little weird because it, it's not like it walls anything literally on their team. Like that is very yeah. weird. I um, would have probably banned Mew or no, not as in this one. Escav it walls Ariados. I'm not sure about the. The, if Chrysalia has Moonblast on, I'm not too certain about that. But I think Frostlass can beat it if it lands a Shadow Ball. But yeah, weird, you know. weird call. I like. I, I think I'm, I'm leaning more towards 
just get rid of the steel bug still. Or yeah, like the, the Mew we already talked about where it's just like it makes your life so much easier if you just get rid of it. Well, the unfortunate um, part is there's two Shadow Claw users, so you could ban one, but you're going to have to deal with the other. And I feel like you ban the Mew, deal with the Galissapod, and basically it's a, it's a team effort to get that Galissapod off the field with the X-Scissor liquidation combo. At least if you get rid of the Steel Bugs, then your Grass types are, like, are no longer resisted by anything on the other team. So at least, like, the Levani can do neutral onto everything. Right. And so, like, with that kind of being said, Frankie was able... I think Frankie was able to capitalize on the banning of Swampert to kind of use it, like, use the... What was... Like, use the U2 use the Mew to its advantage. Well, and, and just like the fact that they like, it seems unlikely that they were going to use Swampert into this team anyway, right? Like, I don't know. It feels weird. And I think Frankie's S-Cav looks too good. Yeah, because like you Frankie's S-Cav, you tie the you tie the other S-Cav matchup, you beat, the, you win the Chrysalia matchup by landing the Megahorn, you wall the Ariados, you resist the dragon air and you do a lot of damage to the frost last like well and even looking at the pokemon that ended up getting banned like the venusaur ingredient also not good into Asgap, so I'm just, I'm just confused <laughs> like what the what the juggle point was for in in this one like how did they think they were going to deal with Asgap? i mean again obviously they did at some point because they still got a game win but it looks it looks rough. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm yeah, that's a head scratcher on the Swamper band. Yeah, this like I think this is definitely like the case of the Ragnar field was won because of the bands. I did well, say and, it earlier. And that's, that's been yeah, we we've we've kind of touched on that where there's just either players or teams that un, like can can see the the route better, right? that this is a new element for almost every team like unless they played in worlds before where there were bands like this this is a new a new wrench thrown in so like obviously there there will be some mistakes made but i like it a lot like obviously it can lead to some very lopsided situations but man i'm still so impressed like they were taking games despite kind of the the handicap yeah I wonder if, like, I mean, not to poke too much fun at, but I mean, giving yourself a handicap can kind of come back and bite you in the butt. And in this case, an 11 to 10 is the biggest oof that you can give. And I I would never say that these players are giving themselves, like, a handicap, like, to make it more challenging or anything like that. Like, obviously, they think they're working their best interest, but... um, just just from like the the team perspective like it's it's interesting it would be interesting to know like how much uh how how many hands are involved right like or if there's if there's much oversight on what gets banned or not right 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 (laughs) i'm chuckling at our next match or at the next match we're gonna look at but firstly any final thoughts with the carlos and frankie matchup well I, i just saw what you saw so (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it makes your life easier. It does. All right. So in this next matchup, we are in the Echo Field. We have George De- Deyes. George Diteles? George Diteles going up against 
I can't pronounce the first part, so the second part. Jim Cord. And these two players bought the exact same team. George and Jim Cord brought Scrafty, Alola Ninetales, Sableye, Chrysalia, Tapufini, Galvantula, Charizard, and Regirock. The bands are getting a little different. So George banned Tapufini and Regirock, where Jim Cord banned Tapufini and Charizard. Now this I uh, I don't want to say that this was won or lost in the in the bannings. But all, Reggie... all we know is all we know is Tabufini was not allowed. Yeah, Tabufini was not coming out to play this time. But that Reggie Rock on George's side with Alola Ninetales, Galvantula, Charizard, and depending on where it was when Scrafty hit the field, it's looking really nice. Well, and even like Alola Ninetales looks pretty nice good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Alola Ninetales, like with Charm, you shred Scrafty and Sableye. And if you if you pair it up with a Galvantula and Regirock, you can neutralize Jim Korn's entire team. However, in this case, or on Jim Korn's side, you can say the same thing with the Charm Alola Ninetales. Scrafty definitely had some play with Chrysalia and Regirock. Cress is tricky just because the Moonblast takes you out true but you have to build up to the moon blast <laughs> yeah but the, the one moon blast chaos and the one foul plate is not so i'm, not I'm like inhaling a... a lot of copium okay <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's there's a lot of like uh, super polarized matchups here and then yeah it's just it's yeah, man, it makes me uncomfortable just looking at these. I think <laughs> I mean, like George... it's, it's bad enough when you have a mirror, but then when <laughs> when the bands like don't quite line up either, like I do. Yeah. I do want to kind of come from the train of thought of George had the better banning because depending, and you know, the Reggie Rock had more targets, and that kind of became a. I think that became a focal point for Jim Corn. That allowed the rest of the five that George had to kind of shine in their own way. Well, and just in general, I think Regirock is harder to deal with than Charizard. Like, what is what does banning Charizard get you uh, comparatively? Like, okay, Cress is a little bit easier to run, like without Future Sight, I guess, because then yeah. You're you're fine that way, but I mean, like, there's still a Sableye over there that just <laughs> makes it makes it so rough. And then obviously there's still the mirror, which not fun if you need the crest to like chip a Reggie Rock and stuff. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. So it, it definitely in this case, I think George had the better, or yeah, George had the better band and was able to play around it a little bit better. So that's how they're able to get the two-one victory over Jim Corn. And we'll attribute Jim Corn's one victory that they got the lineup they needed, or the alignment they needed. Excuse me. Yeah, and I mean that's that is the the trickiest thing about this particular matchup is like just so many of these <laughs> heads up matches are just so unforgiving. Yeah, where it's like if you if you were just like out of order on a game, like it's just done. Like very very little wiggle room on on some of those. That is true. That that is one hundred percent true. So, with this mirror match out of the way, let's wrap up or wrap up the final match with G Power fourteen going up against Briggsy. And these teams are in fact different. Yes, 
I like I actually like both of these teams. So G Power brought or G E Power, excuse me, brought Alolan Ninetales, Jellicent, Drapion, Barbarical, Skunk Tank, Alolan Buck, Dragonair, and Hisuian Quillfish, and Briggsy bought Swampert, Scrafty, Drapion, Skarmory, Chrysalia, Alolan Sandslash, Pelipper, and Galvantula. And none for, I think that for the first time we've seen sixteen unique Pokemon across these two matchups. Actually that's a lie. There's a Drapion. 15. So close. Yeah. We'll get that magical 16 one day. So, aside from the first Echo Field had the exact same team, this one has... Let's run completely different teams. Uh, Briggsy banned Alolan Ninetales and a Dragonair. And GE banned Scrafty and Alolan Sandslash. Okay. So, I like... Actually, no, I don't... I don't know if I agree with the Alolan Ninetales ban too much, but seeing as that there is the Alolan Sandslash also got banned, I can I can dig it. Uh, Dragonair, I, yeah, I can agree with the Dragonair ban because you only have two. I don't know how uh, tanky Drapion is in Great League. It's, it's like middle of the road. Okay. Can it survive like two body slams and the Dragon Breath onslaught that comes with the two body slams? It's kind of like my benchmark. Uh, like it's it's good in the one shield just because the poison stings add up so fast. Like you're gonna throw off crunches, I think, a little faster than body slams, as far as I know. So they have to invest before you do, which is nice. Okay. Um, what was I gonna say? I I really like the little sand slash ban. I I almost feel like. A Swamper ban would have been pretty good too. Like the the Scrafty ban, it's a little questionable. Like eh, I, I mean, I say, I say I'm just, it's a little I'm just now appreciating though, like uh, GE Powers team with the four Poison Darks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's a little questionable because Scrafty is a counter user, and there's four Poison Darks, and then there's Jellicent. Actually, Same. no, the, the entire Bar- team itself is uh, weak to Scrafty. Sort of, right? Like, the the Poison Dark matchups are kind of washes. Like, Scrafty isn't resisting the poison damage, which a lot of them are doing as fast move. Wait, why is why is Scrafty not resisting the poison damage? It's part fighting. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, did I actually get this one? No. Yeah! <laughs> No, I was I was just amazed that we <laughs> that we found another one today. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, so wait, po- poison? Oh, that's right. Poison doesn't resist fighting. Son no, of a gun. <laughs> no, 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 no. Poison does resist fighting. Fighting doesn't resist poison. Correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, wait. Oh no, poison is neutral into dark type. Okay. Okay. I, I'm on the same page now. Okay, good. <laughs> um, anyway, so my <laughs> my whole point being, like, I, I think Swampert looks too good uh, to leave alone. Like, I, I would personally risk um, running into the Scrafty just because you got options, honestly, and the Swampert can just mow down so much of this team. Earthquake, go burr. Yeah, exactly. And and so like to me, like that that is what exactly what made sense with getting rid of the Alolan Sandslash. It's like, okay, you don't have to deal with the ground move. And then they left the Swampert. I was like, I don't know. 
But I mean, okay, so given this. the choice, would you rather deal with Swampert or Alolan Sandslash? What? <laughs> given the choice, like... No, I would I would get rid of both of the ground-type damage users. I would put Flamethrower on Skunk Tank. That's just me, though. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Like, you, you would have to be ahead on energy and have a, a shield lead to beat the Sandslash. Let me be in my perfect world. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, ah, I'm ignoring that. The Alolan <laughs> Nine Tails ban, like it, it ends up working out fine, just because they were already trying to enable it a little bit. Like they they called the things that would have done well if Alolan Sandslash was still there, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I just, I just think the Swampert looks too good. Yeah, Brigley definitely caught a break with Swampert, and then I guess we have to, you know, fill the rest of the field. Swampert did really well. Skarmory resisted. Well, you you have Swampert Skarm left in your lineup. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is it is the like literal original core of Pokemon Go. So, so flamethrower skunk tank. <laughs> What what are you what are you hitting with? <laughs> Skarmory. Okay, that's all I got. Also, fun fact: uh, the Skunk Tank and Alone Sandslash. If you're equal on energy, you do win. Like you said, if you resist one shield, but in the one shield, uh, Skunk Tank wins, but it's nearly dead. But it still wins, so I'm counting that as a win in my book. <laughs> Did I break Jet? <laughs> I mean, we're obviously getting into some what ifs, but like, is that true also with Powder Snow? Like, oh shoot, no, I, I had it running with uh, Shadow Claw. Yeah, well, I forget, I mean, I forget people still run uh, Powder Snow. Cause if, if you're if you're playing into four darks, like obviously the two water types. Oh, you might yeah, you're want right. them for, but yeah, you're right. It's it's a it's a wash. You have anyway, to any, anyway. Yeah, you have to expend one extra shield. So go down in two shields to land the flamethrower. Uh, and uh, like once again, like <laughs> we 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 we've, we've talked ourselves into this corner that feels like, oh yeah, like it was definitely like a sweep. And it's like, how did they beat the Swapper? <laughs> was like, okay, you got Jellison on it, I guess, or. Bar, like they could run like I only know this because of the the Palatown um, under the sea turner we did. It was just like I know Barbarical gets Grass Knot. Like <laughs> did they <laughs> did they do it? Did they land a Grass Knot into Swamper? Like is that what happened? I mean I I feel like Grass like well you're not really doing a lot with the other charge moves aside from Stone Edge. Like yeah, it's, it's more just about getting shields out of the way if you're running the the cross chub. Like, you had to pull a rabbit out of your hat for this one, and that's exactly what happened. Maybe they went full nukes. Who knows? But yeah, it is, like, we did talk ourselves in the corner on the sweep, but we can also chalk it up to the GE's battle prowess that was able to find a win con when there was none. <laughs> I mean, obviously there was one, but, I mean, still, like, this team, like, the fact they brought for Poison Dark, like, that's, like, uh, you love to see that, just because even in what was kind of a rough situation, like they they still got a point with it. So that's fair. <laughs> like steam teams are are probably top of my list for 
why I wish there was kind of some actual gameplay attached to results. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel that. <laughs> like, as, as much as I, as I wish there was kind of action replay to know where the points were after... Hey, don't use action replays. Those will get you banned. <laughs> Just using it as a term for... I know. <laughs> Like knowing when when a uh, when a bout was actually over versus like the final score would be nice. Like that I didn't have to be watching like every hour <laughs> to figure out. Yeah, but quick, another, hey, another I was gonna say another quick aside. I'm definitely gonna be at like at the play Pokemon events. I'm gonna be asking people for their footage, like after the fact, and be like, hey. So this happened here, and maybe we could talk about it a little bit, or I could talk about it like if I ever decide to make a YouTube channel. For your local event, you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, and especially since there literally won't be any streamed games, like it would be nice to like get some what what's happening on on the ground information. Yeah, I don't want to take a mobile stream setup yet. I don't feel like investing that much money. Plus, I don't think it's allowed technically. I have to read the rule book. It might fall under outside information. Anyway, see, I knew play Pokemon was going to come up eventually. I knew it was my fault, but still. <laughs> it's, it's good to think about just how you want to, to hype up your community, because it sounds like that's the purpose of, of what you're thinking of doing. Yeah, let's go with that. Re recognition for good <laughs> gameplay and all that. All right, so that is the final update, and we already talked about, you know, about six. Should yeah. We look at... Should we look at, like, I'm just going to give a brief overview on Worlds. We'll have more to talk about next week. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we talked about it a little bit before, but I was I was most surprised that uh, Pogo got eliminated in, in bout one. I mean, I did, I mean, I did also kind of say that Chicago Stars is definitely a juggernaut team. And, you know... I only know two players on the Chicago Stars side in bulk, the regional winner at Milwaukee and AJV, a former Bowler of the Gang slash Angry Bottoms member. They're both really good battlers. I guess my one other like, question is from the 18-3 to 3 that occurred in, in bout one. Uh, HKers, Hank, I, I'm not going to choose violence and say that uh, I'm not going to choose violence and say they're from APAC. I will, however, say in their group, they fought, they lost to the Aztec League, but they beat T and Pizza 10 to 11 and Northeast Battlers 13 to 8. All right, well, they have the distinction of being the one matchup that had no staff corrections, so they win in my heart. They are they are the people's champion for round one. Yep. <laughs> so. Uh, in bout two or in week two, we are in the in the quarterfinals. Yeah, quarterfinals. We have Magnus PVP fighting Elite TMs. Chicago Stars fighting Indian Titans Elite. Hydra Esports is fighting Northeast Battlers, and the Metal Raptors is fighting against the Delhi Darmanitans. Once again, we've got three. <laughs> we have three North America teams. A Latin America team. I wonder where Hydra Esports is from. I want to say they're APAC. Hydra. No, Latin America. Uh, EMEAs. Where are you? Hey, oh, there. There's no EMEAs in the 
in round two. They all got knocked out in round one. No way. Yep. So, <laughs> so three, three North America teams, two Latin America teams, and three what's the word APAC teams are still in this. Of course, gotta shout out MJ. He did uh, name jock Magnus, Magnus v- PVP. So, I think Magnus Chicago Stars. Uh, Northeast Battlers and the Metal Raptors will move on to the next round. That's all I got for Worlds. <laughs> I'm distracted by all of the like clan tag uh, in-game names from the Latin American players. Oh yeah, the that is that is really cool because you don't usually don't see a lot of the clan tags. Honestly, it reminds me of the old days. Well, I mean. To be quite frank, when we were designing, when I was designing the our our swag, I guess our our jerseys, I wanted to put Dean Air on the side, but I was like, nah, we're gonna put our alias there. So we're like Dean Air Taco, Dean Air Jet. <laughs> I, I remember doing that with my gamer tag or my call sign in Call of Duty and put my clan name on it. But anyway, so I feel like the last time I played a game that was that like didn't have a built-in clan system, it was. Starcraft One, dang, yeah, I can dig it though. I call it. I remember I started my own clan in Battlefield. It was uh, my buddy HB Slayer, Marcos Two Three Zero, and then Crimson Dragoon. We were just we were called the boys. That's all I had, honestly, on that. <laughs> <laughs> back back before it was a uh, a series. Yeah, commercial time. I do believe so. It is commercial time. So thank you all. Or no, I'm not saying goodbye yet. (laughs) With our wrap-ups and previews out of the way, we are going to take a quick commercial break. But we'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial break because I know I did. We're back. We're back in action. (laughs) (laughs) so we are going to use this time to thank our patron zt smith for his continued support on this podcast if you would like we do have a patreon that is linked uh in the show notes down below if you would like to donate you are more than welcome to honestly donation gets you shouted out on every episode until we get too large in which case we may have to put up a graphic I will always think of you. This is true. Hired, you will get shouted out when you're new, but you know, I'm getting way too, uh, way ahead of myself. We're going to grow this organically. What was I going to say? Oh, yes, the higher tiered patron uh, gets you access to the recording booth where you can live chat with me during the show and say, Taco, you're wrong, or just post memes, and I will probably get derailed. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we, we we, we need more derailment, obviously. I mean, is it really a podcast? Is it really an, a, an episode if we don't get off on at least four to five tangents? I, I haven't even so. I haven't even made a RuneScape reference yet, and I've been doing pretty well about not talking about it yet. So I'm happy about that. Not counting this part. This doesn't count. We're gonna scratch this part. <laughs> yeah. This. This. What? No, we yeah. didn't talk about it. Yeah. It's got to be organic, not forced. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. We also do have a Discord. The link is also posted down below. Come in, hang out, accept the rules, and 
Of course, it has been a little quiet because we're kind of winding down things from the Sylph Arena and everybody kind of posts like their one-off tournaments, especially the team-based ones. I know a talking Pikachu had a call back to his episode with Sotiri and the Barktown Boomers Little Root Town Millennials have been born as a spinoff in one of the team-based PvP tournaments. So we wish them the best of luck. We also... We also have a Twitter. We are at DragonairDen on Twitter. Or you can give me a follow. I am at TacoDog underscore 8. Once again, I wasn't able to secure the TacoDog 8 Twitter handle. That account is still being used. And I will politely ask once again to just, you know, let me have it. Please. Can can I have it? (laughs) I'll just poke with a stick once a week and we'll go from there. So, it is now community engagement time. Our favorite. So obviously, at the top of the episode, we talked a lot and at length about, you know, what the play Pokemon, what the 2023-2024 play Pokemon season, like possible rule changes, rewards and stuff will bring. It's kind of got us wondering, what is y'all's wish list for the season? It could be something as make the change to Swiss tournaments or something super obscure like once a month ban this Pokemon. Mine is very simple. I hope they announce another San Diego regional. Oh. <laughs> but the, I was like, but you got Sacramento. That is I'm, not close. <laughs> there's a train station in San Diego and there's a train station at Sacramento. That is not comfortable. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that Peoria is so close to Sacramento, I would have gotten on the, I would have gotten on the train and rode out there. I wouldn't have told anybody, but I would have rid- rode out there. <laughs> uh-huh, it is I. Surprise Jet, or surprise Donut and Jack. Hi! But I will be at Peoria with... Uh, I'm actually, so, should have talked about this as well. I'm going to be at Peoria. My wife is coming, because we're, we're spending our one-year anniversary in Peoria. <laughs> are there Are there, like real world activities there I, I know nothing about the area and me either I've never been there but I'm going to say she's really really supportive of me finally diving into play Pokemon and just like like I said in the, the Milwaukee episode when she bullied me into going to Milwaukee this time I said well you know Peoria is really close you should really come she's like I'm coming I was like alright I didn't even have to, to bully you this time but also because Peoria is so close to my local community, I've left a general invite for everybody to come out and just watch the, the I was going to say the play pass. The spectator pass will probably be around the 10 to $20 range is what I've kind of seen. I said, just well, come on out, watch. And it's, yeah, it's so nice that we're like officially out of COVID time. So like the restrictions on the number of people is so much lighter. Yeah. And so honestly, like, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. If you have a chance to go to a regional because it's like half hour drive or an hour drive or whatever your expertise is, just try to go to at least even day one. You will have a lot of fun. You'll meet a lot of friends. Or you might even see people that you haven't seen in, like, ever. Like, you meet your your online friends for the first time. And that's honestly, like, why... Milwaukee was like super fun and how I was able to meet Big Dude and the trainer. Super chill and then I made a new I made two new friends in Philo and Philo's friend. I forgot Philo's friend's name. I'm a terrible friend. 
<laughs> oh, I, I just assumed that was like the the in-game name. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no. I follow them on Twitter, so if I if I pull up their Twitter handle, I'll be able to remember. But my wish list is switch it to Swiss. That is my only thing I, I want because. To me, a lot of people might see like they're throwing their money away to get O2'd twice, and then it's just like, well, I'm done. I'm out of the tournament now. So that's a cop out, I know. But I want to hear. I want to hear what y'all have to say. What is your wish list for the 2023-2024 Play Pokemon season? Feel free to tag us at Dragonerden on Twitter, and feel free to answer our question in the Discord, or go ahead and answer right here on Spotify if you listen. There's a section down there. You'll be able to answer the question. If your answer is witty enough, it will be witty enough. If your answer is awesome, which, let's be honest, you all are awesome, it will be read aloud on on stage. Uh, it will be it'll be read aloud live it's, it's during that the recording. Time of the night, is it? <laughs> it's get, the sun's getting real low for me yeah. over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, we do appreciate everybody listening day in, or week in and week out. Please give us a record or a recording. Give us a review. Five stars. We're here for it. We we like we like we like reading reviews and we like reading like just people saying hey really enjoying the podcast. It's kind of helped putting everything into perspective and kind of breaking teams down. So it kind it warms my heart and I'm happy that we're we're able to bring this to y'all. Like it it still surprises me even just like the last few tournaments that I was in like how many people like mentioned the podcast. I was like wait what? Yeah <laughs> and. You know, when I was in Milwaukee, I, I was promoting the podcast a little bit. And they go, oh, one person's like, I recognize your voice. You're, you're Taco Dog from the podcast. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Uh, I'm still kind of getting used to the, the podcast type. Or like, you're the podcast guy. And I'm like, I'm a lot of guys. <laughs> I wear a lot of hats. Depends Many on the hats, day. Taco Boy. <laughs> uh, so, yes. It's now time for the Salsa Bar, which, let's be honest... Taco with his tight matchups is the salsa bar. It's too good to pass up. Honestly, yeah. I will definitely work on my tight matchups because I have a continental that I will be participating in by the time this episode goes live. So what what were the what were the learnings today? The learnings today were poison is resisted by rock or sorry, rock resists poison. Poison is neutral against fighting. Fighting is resisted against poison or poison resist fighting <laughs> and poison is neutral into dark yeah what was what was the ground and fire one? Oh, uh, ground is not resisted by fire it's neutral I mean it's the other way but yeah <laughs> you know what I mean ground beats <laughs> fire fire neutral to ground yeah 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 so I, I learned and I will be learning studying that type type matchup did i already send you the the color wheel yes you did (laughs) okay good (laughs) so this is now going to be the time where we are going to shout out the other projects we are working on so i'm going to start with jet because i like putting him on the spot jet what projects are you working on well I mean, I, I don't want to say it this way, but <laughs> I feel like the the, the shout out for for this part just has to be the fact that like you made it to, to veteran on Go Battle Day, so <laughs> we're 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 getting closer to to my project that I haven't invested very much in yet, which is you know get the whole team to to legend. 
you know, I tried using Shervine's team like after Gobalde, and my my Elo is at twenty two hundred. It's it's very depressing. I played my sets <laughs> for the first time today since Go Battle Weekend, and I tried uh, Lyle Jeff's team. It was it was it was fun. Like I mean, the extra dust is always nice, but it was like I think I gained like fifty or so. It's like yeah. okay, whatever. We played some games. <laughs> <laughs> we did our best. Now I am getting ready for the Fossil Cup to see how that's going to go out. Or actually, no, Retro Cup then Fossil Cup. We'll see what happens. I mean, we've got <laughs> we've got a couple days left of retro, not very much. Yeah, I will I will go back to doing the degenerate dragon breath team when this is just, over. Just remix. <laughs> yeah, but also we are currently locked in a final self tournament or final self tournament. Well, I am the under the sea tournament. Or no, it's not under the sea tournament. That was last time. It's just summer festival, right? For <laughs> yeah. for Palatine. The Summer Festival Tournament. So. <laughs> and... know, they, they might still get another host out of it, right? Because they have until the 1st. I thought it was until the end of August. Oh, is it? I thought it was August 1st. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? I'm just participating in it. So we are absolutely dominating the our team oh, right so- on... Sorry, I so we're talking about two different things. So the end of self, oh, on on the first. So they would need to get like tournaments done by then, right? Oh yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're right. I was but talking the other about the festival. Yeah the the overall competition over on Palatown would could yeah go longer. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, going back to what I was saying, so the the Palatown PvP server has a team based team based strategy. There's a multitude of challenges like PvP IVs, which we haven't had since Zenigas. The 505010015050 Street Challenge, compete in tournaments, XY, etc., etc. Our team is right on D's, and we are absolutely dominating <laughs> the tournament side. The PvP IV side, I don't know. I just saw the update from... Oh god, that was the 28th? Really? Yeah, I think Dark or Dark Ice was going to give us a points update. But yeah, we have 1,310 points. Second place has 575. As of, what, as, yeah, as of the 26th, 28th of June. The end of the first tournament where we got a lot of points. <laughs> Yeah, so we're doing really well, but you know it's still early, and we can definitely things can turn around. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a marathon event. Yeah, I am definitely the sandbag uh, with my 140 points. <laughs> and, and you were you correct have... about the August 30th. Okay, neat. Oh my god, Donut reacted with the taco IRL thing. Super reacted, and it's just it's just a ball of fun honestly <laughs> okay but anyway back to the podcast so we're doing that and then GVL progress jet jet was work jet was saying about the project so i did hit veteran for the first time in my in my GVL career that is not an interlude season so happy about that and it has promptly crashed way back down to the 2200s but we're we're climbing we're making steady gains i'm happy about that 
And I, I feel like the, the streaming element will will help you just with like just doing the battles. Do, well, yeah, doing the battles <laughs> is definitely necessary if you're if you're looking to climb. But yeah, just yeah. Like identifying identifying the things that you you can and want to work on, and then getting you know that that good feedback, good information is also nice. Yeah, I was actually gonna say that too. So I, the streams on the Palatown PvP server have been going really, really well. I'm learning something new every single stream, and I'm happy for it. I am once again super happy that Fish was nice enough to offer me a spot. It was very nice of him, and with that, for that, I say thank you. And he finally got to tune into one of my streams, and he, he, Lyle Jeffs on Sunday definitely had a lot of a lot of things and it was it was a lot of information to absorb so I was happy about that but yeah we can we can uh, talk about some team and stuff for the next few metas and, and see if we can uh, get you back up to veteran range yeah as long as I get back up to 2500 I'll push to expert soon but gotta take the baby steps let's get back up to 2500 first so I think Jet am I missing anything Nope. Okay. <laughs> I think that about wraps everything up. We're saying goodbye for real this time. Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we are actually. Definitely, thank you guys so much for listening. Like I said, the support you all give and listening to this is just amazing. We're, we're actually approaching our one-year anniversary soon for the episode, so we might have to plan something for that. Yeah, the the extravaganza. Yeah, I I don't know because our our one year anniversary is technically the in August, but Sylph will be closed. You know, what if we just have like our own our own tournament, like our own in house tournament, and invite everybody? But obviously, it'll be open to Great League. But I don't know. That that's a story for another day. I'm not going to ramble on it on the podcast as we're trying to say goodbye. So. Thank you all so much for, for listening. We, like I said before, we do appreciate everything. Please feel free to catch, please catch us on or catch me streaming on the Palatown PvP server on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, Central Time Zone. Jet, we're gonna make you stream at least one time. <laughs> oh wow, Elsers, that'll well, be actually, an event. Well, actually, I do want, well, I do want to collab with you at least at some point. Um, I have ideas that we'll talk about later cool but stalling aside always remember <laughs> keep your dragon fang sharp frost last super Bro. overrated still loses to dragon air ice types the rest of y'all you know what to do fairy types i don't want your candy because dragons hate candy or dragons hate fairies and until next time we will see you all in our next episode i hope you're having a great summer <laughs> <laughs>